And we're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm Shay Holt, here with Corey Guidry and Ty Henderson. We're here today to recap this last week of football and preview this upcoming week two of the NFL season and week three of college football. Um, you know, I think we're going to ride in with uh, the Texas Longhorns and a valiant showing against the Alabama Crimson Tide here at home this last week. What all did y'all see? What did you like? What it didn't you like? What, what are you, what's y'all's takes on the game? Well, you two guys were there, so I kind of want to hear about the atmosphere and just, you know, what the energy was over there at DKR. Well, I've been uh, a little under the weather the past few days afterwards, and it's not from the drinking. I think it's from the pure uh, energy. excitement and energy I was bringing to my section. Uh, I felt like I was willing my entire section to the win at the end. But uh, it was a great environment. I'm really proud of the team, even though we lost. And that's probably the only time I've ever said that about a, a team I've liked, you know, like being happy. I'm not happy, but it was a lot better than most people expected. I expected us to win. I go into every game like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how we do moving forward from here on. Yeah, you know, 20-19 um, uh, – uh, real rough. Uh, I thought the crowd, you know, mostly was very into the game. Uh, uh, 105 and some change. It was Th a record were, attendance. There were some arms crossed from some of the older UT fans in my section that were behind me. You know, some older guys. They, they didn't seem like they – they were there, but they didn't seem like they had much hope that we were going to win. And I told them right when we started, I was like, you better get those arms uncrossed because we're not winning with that energy. All right, sorry, continue. Well, uh, no, yeah, I like it. Um, well, I, uh, you know, walking up, everything about it, college game day, big noon kickoff, everybody was real excited. Um, you know, it, there weren't a lot of big-time college football games. It was the big game. I believe it was the most watched game in Fox television, regular season in Fox television history, something most, like that. Most streamed game of all time in college football. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I, was, I was happy with the showing. Um, Unhappy that we didn't win. Uh, I think that we played a great game. Uh, obviously, Quinn Ewers getting hurt early on in the game. Uh, people are going to talk a lot about that. People are going to talk a lot about the penalties that uh, were and weren't called. Uh, some Definitely some controversial calls, including the um, tackle in the end zone that was initially called the roughing the passer targeting. And then I had no idea what was going on in the stadium during that. Could have been a safety, maybe. Was you know uh, ultimately it ended up being called just a fourth down as Bryce Young wasn't necessarily brought down. A uh, very controversial call. That was the safety, by the way. Um, that, that it had to be right. What's your opinion on that? I still haven't seen a really good view of like the ankle maybe being it's down. Shin. It's the a, shin ankle. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, I, I think the fact that they called the roughing the passer on that really fucked thing up things up. Because yeah, that, they they what you're they took that penalty away, which you're not even allowed to do. Well, what the, Retro, they retroactively? They, well, the the official ruling was that the targeting is the reason for the roughing the passer, and really it was intentional grounding should have been the call. But the problem is you can't review for intentional grounding. So what they really should have done if they were gonna call targeting was throw the flag for intentional grounding as well. And review the targeting exactly. And, yeah, um, yeah and. He could have been down as well. You know, there was never really even a good angle on the broadcast view of whether he was down. But I guess, which seems like you should be able to review whether he was down or not. But I, I don't know. I mean, can you not review more, multiple things at once? Like, are we, that's are we probably not at that what it is. It's a lot of technicalities. I was amazed that we could. E I was so happy 
that we were able to uh, review the roughing the passer, and instead of being first and ten for Alabama, it was fourth down, and the Horns were at least going to get the ball back. Yeah, I just good. didn't really care as much about the safety. Like the two points seemed, you know, at that point I was like, no, 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 I just just let's just get the ball. The two points would have been obviously would've awesome, and you know, it would have been the difference in the, you know, well. You can say a lot, but yeah, it would have been the difference had the you know had nothing else had nothing different happened, which it probably wouldn't have because we still would have gotten the ball yeah. back on a free kick. Either way, um, you know, I'm uh, not as upset about that. We did get a lot of calls in that game. I know there was an early on pass interference that people kind of the Javion Sanders one, yeah, that people were upset about. But we got our calls. Like they weren't, you know, they weren't not throwing flags in our favor. Well, I think it was the most flags ever called on a Nick Saban coach team. Yeah, and it was one less than like o- Alabama ever had. I think from like 2002, I think 16 is the most they've ever committed, and they had 15. I mean, they had like six or five, five or six false start offsides penalties, which you never well, see procedural. Uh, yeah, Will Anderson lined up offsides a couple times. Uh, yeah, and um, they looked rattled. I think the crowd really got to him. Uh, I think something was definitely taken out of some of the wind was taken out of the Texas Longhorn sails when uh, we lost Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers did look really good um, early on. Um, they looked dynamic. They looked really ready to play that game. Uh, my first big uh, criticism is on Xavier and Worthy for not catching Xavier. that touchdown. Xavier Worthy. Uh, they always call him, you know. X-Man. Yeah, uh, I don't even know his full name. Uh, but he didn't catch that damn touchdown early on in the game, laying out for it in the end zone. And, man, you just have to ha- catch that ball in a big-time game like that. I view that as, you know, points off the board. Um, you know, it was when Ewers was still in the game, and it was a play we really had to have. And, you know, I'm a bit upset with that. I know, you know, you can take a lot of positives, but, yeah, you know, Xavier Worthy, I saw him drop balls in the end zone in, at, the, at the live scrimmage. He did that yeah, shit. Yeah, he did. He's, he's had a problem with dropping balls. And, you know, um, I know there were some, some throws in the first game against ULM that maybe were a little long that I thought he maybe should have tried a little harder to go up and get as well. And, you know, I'm at this point maybe even questioning his willingness to go catch that fucking ball. Uh, I know he's a great receiver. I know he's a great weapon, but uh, that's one of my first big criticisms. Uh, the second, obviously, is the Auburn uh, missed field goal at the end of the first half. I don't half. think that's on him, though. I, that at was all. a bad snap. Uh, but and I mean, it was laces. The well, holder put the laces. I'm not so. putting it all on the kicker. I'm just, you know, I'm putting it on the team. teams. Yeah, uh, twenty just yards away though. Kick the damn laces. Should have gone for it. You're, I mean. I mean, at that point, yeah, you can argue. Uh, also, we had a, I remember, I don't have my my uh, facts straight, but we had the ball and we ran a play that took a little too much time off the clock. We had like eight seconds, and I thought there was time to maybe run two quick, quick fucking plays. Well, we ran. I hate, I hate running those rollout play. It was a rollout that burned a bunch of clock. Well, and I think we threw a fade to the end zone too, which you know. How often do those fades come down in college football, especially against Alabama? Yeah, not in, not I'd on a one on one. That's what they're expecting, you know. But those Alabama corners, they didn't look very good in that game. That defense, I mean, I know it was a low scoring game. What was it, nineteen to twenty one? But both the defense and the offense for Alabama looked like they were having some serious, serious like issues down at the core, you know, with lining up right, uh, staying off on sides, not going off or false starting. 
Well, you take away the 80-yard touchdown run on the first play of their second drive, and they really didn't do shit offensively yeah. all their, game. Uh, their rush, if you take away that, they averaged 2.6 a carry after that uh, rushing. Yeah, so that's crazy. I think a lot of the credit, you know, you have to give to Texas defense, which is which I come it's away wild. which I come away most impressed with because to me that was the biggest fear um, of Texas lately, and especially the pass rush. I mean, I feel like we have not seen a pass rush like that in quite some time. Byron Sorrell, yeah, and, like and those serious, guys, serious uh, prospect. Ovi and all yeah, the guys. Yeah, uh, Ford as well was you know shooting gaps uh, from the linebacker position. Demarion um, Demarion Overshawn didn't even have his best game. Yeah, and, and we still still I, showed out. I know some be like y'all, you guys um, had him as one of your key players in this game that had to play well for Texas to win, and I agreed. But all the other guys kind of stepped up around him and made it like to where you know him not dominating didn't really affect the hey, team. And, and let, let's not forget that Alabama did drop. I mean, there was a few shitty deliveries by Bryce Young on throws, but they did drop a few crucial third downs, at least two that I can remember. Point-blank passes, yeah. hit them in the hands, just didn't catch the also, ball. Also, um, the Bama weapons aren't what they have been. You know, when you talk about the just slew of rece- first-round receivers they've had, or all, all the way from Cooper, Devonta Smith, Julio Waddle, Jones. Ruggs, Julio. Um, but even having that running back, that bell cow like they usually do, it doesn't really seem like there's that name that really stands I out this year. I think the – Gibbs is a transfer um, that they were high on, but he's more of just kind of like a scat receiving back. I mean, sure, he can run between the tackles. And McClellan ended up, after his long run, ended up getting banged up. And he's a Texas guy as well. Um, he's a. I think he, he, he's the guy school. that w- he was out all last year with an injury, I think. I was sitting next to an Alabama fan during the game, but, which, um, was, which was a good time. One play we didn't mention was the Ryan Watts miss sack. And oh. That one, out of all the plays gets me the most because when you're you know whoever's calling it whether it's gary patterson or you know pk whoever's calling that blitz they dialed up a perfect play call there the corner comes no one's there to pick him up bryce young doesn't identify it doesn't see it until the last second and you have a six foot three corner up against a six foot at best quarterback who's not even big you gotta Uh, make that six foot you got (laughs) I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's not very big. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but yeah, you got to make that tackle. You got to make that tackle. And did I, he even? So I mean, I, I I haven't mustered up the confidence to watch rewatch the game on TV. I might do that today after we record. But did was it? It looked like he was. He didn't even have him wrapped up. Like he just flew right off of him. He uh he he did the old duck under kind of thing. So Watts didn't break down. He just beelined at him. Um and. He just, like, you know, went for the hit, and Bryce just used – he's not a big guy, so he just kind of got under, used his flexibility, mobility, get out, get the first down, get out of bounds. Uh, It's a great play by him. Watts sold out, and, um, yeah, Young olayed his ass, and uh, (laughs) there was nothing on the right side of the field and scampered for at least 20. And that was, you know, uh, at that point – at that point, you know, if you sack them right there, it puts them in a very precarious situation. They wouldn't have been in any sort of field goal range and, you know, would have been rushed – um, but then I, it was weird about that is like Alabama kept throwing the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. Like what, like I, they were just not that confident in their ability to kick the fucking, at that point with 30 yard field goal, they're going to throw the ball just to try to fuck up. Uh, I was very, um, confused by that, but yeah, the miss sack was obviously another, uh, big time, uh, uh, disappointment and it was at the end of the game. So it's what everybody's really going to remember. Um, so things I was happy about was uh, when there was like a, a screen pass or a play on the boundary uh, in a one-on-one situation, 
Texas was able to either uh, make the tackle or at least like grab a leg. You know what I mean? Like not just get blown by. And they, and they were rallying at the ball. Yeah, Maybe, exactly. You know, they, there, there wasn't just one guy trying to make a tackle. It was, it was one guy grabbing on three or four other guys piling on the on the pile. Exactly. Pursuing the football, getting there, and just, yeah, not letting a one-on-one play beat you. You know, I don't care if they didn't have – you know, I don't care how we're perceiving this Alabama talent right now. Uh, it was a team that, you know, we're going to play far lesser teams where there will be, you know – in, in years past, players can make one move, beat the one guy, and then they're turning it upfield for 40 yards or more. And uh, we didn't really let that happen. Uh, we didn't let really any large plays go except the one large touchdown where I felt like there was a tackler there. I didn't see a replay. No, it was on my he, side. He kind of put a hit, he kind of put a shoulder on him, but and, didn't wrap up. Um, I mean, it was just uh, I, as soon as I got he took the handoff on that stretch play, I knew he was gone. There was, they, they they blocked it well. They sealed the defensive end, and there was no safety. There was no we had. I don't think we had a high safety, and so there was no. Once he got past that first ten yards, he was gone. I think it was Gilbo, Jalen Gilbo, the uh, freshman who started at that star position, who kind of missed him from Port Arthur, Texas. You know, I don't. He missed a few tackles, but he's also a freshman playing in a huge game. But what I was most happy with is just. We weren't out-athleted by any means. You no. know what I mean? We we belonged, you know, if anything, we had we outplayed them. In my opinion, you go watch the tape, we outplayed them in many ways. Um, they had better quarterback play, especially towards the end, which in football is always going to give you an advantage. Well, Hutchie Card was playing on one leg, too. He was, you know, and um, I think if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, obviously th- this is irrelevant, it's excuses, but I think we do win the game. That doesn't matter. But it's the whole Colt McCoy thing. All to me, again. it's just it's it's great for the future of Texas because I tell you what, man, I was super impressed with Quinn and the way he was throwing that ball, the way he was finding downfield explosive plays. You know what I mean? That's the, I love seeing the, that. The, did you, you? I mean, we posted a TikTok of it with the amount of recruits that were there. Dude, not just for that's football, another thing. but for basketball, they love baseball. That. Yeah, no, that was a big game, even though we lost for recruiting. Uh, I'm sure the atmosphere and everything, like, you cannot tell me that recruits wouldn't want to come, you know, be a part of something like that, especially when, you know, you got A&M blundering against a Sunbelt school. Yeah, I haven't noticed, like, anybody, uh, like, jumping on ship as far as football goes. Like, we haven't gotten any big recruits from that. Well, um, we, the, the next year's class is already. I know it's pretty set. Don't get me wrong. There's only a few guys that, that are even up for grabs in the state of Texas, or could you know, I guess be flipped potentially. You know, definitely didn't lose anybody. You know, nobody came and saw a fucking ass whooping and said, "Fuck this." We're that, not that would be my worst fear if I was planning. If I was the recruiting coordinator, I was like, "Oh, you'd have to be pretty confident to invite the guys that you you're high on to that game and not and not get your ass kicked." But the risk versus reward is definitely there because if you play well. That, that's game, an impression yeah. they won't forget. Exactly. I mean, I'll never forget that going to that game for the rest of my life. Like, uh, thank you, Corey, for of course, co- covering me at work and allowing me to go. But it was a, it was a great time. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I said, people are gonna uh, blame the quarterback. That's what's gonna be remembered. Uh, maybe we would have won with uh, Quinn Ewers, but I think we should have won with Hudson Card, um, based on the way that game played out, and um, you know, just. Just all things considered, uh, and I'm expecting to go into Tuscaloosa next year and uh, hand their ass to them. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody. You know, I think everybody's, you know, at least happy that you know it's not the national championship. It's, you know, we're playing them next year, and then this is setting a tone to probably play them at least every other year. I don't know what it's going to look like. I hope we play them every year. Well, you know, that'd be, 
you know, that that would be great for uh, a lot of reasons as well. Um, I just don't know how it's going to look in the SEC. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're going to the Tuscaloosa next year. Uh, and I think, you know, more so than probably any game Alabama's got on their schedule this year, except potentially a SEC matchup against Georgia, uh, they got to be looking forward to that game as a problem. Um, so I'm excited about that. I just hope the Longhorns can keep it together. They've got, uh, you know, a sneaky matchup here against UTSA, a team that's been playing. Conference champions from their conference last year. Yeah. Lost team. Exactly. Um, you know, a school on the rise, a local Texas school. Former a, Texas coach, Jeff Trailer. Yeah, a uh, University of Texas subsidiary school. You can't afford to lose. Uh, you know, it's I, I know it's UTSA. I know they are, are just the roadrunners. They're not. Uh, big dogs or anything, but you can't ever afford to lose to a feeder school in the university system. Like, a, like for instance, a UT El Paso, which is really, I think, the only other team we've ever played in our system at you yeah. know in Division One football. I know we play some of the other schools in basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. and the other sports. But uh, yeah, hey, do you know UTSA is going to the American Conference next year? They're on the rise. Yeah, they're they're moving up just like all the Texas schools are. Um, I mean, they lost by two to number twenty-four ranked Houston week one. They they lost triple a very overtime. close game. They they came back on an Army team uh, last week and won. That being said, even if we're starting our third string quarterback, you cannot lose to UTSA. You know, as no. the University of Texas, it'd be such a momentum killer at this point. We don't even need to talk about it. Let's just preview the the rest of these games this week. Is there what's what's college game day this week? We have that pulled up, Corey. What's what's your biggest game of the week? Um, I did have it pull it up until my computer started making music yeah. randomly. Sorry for that earlier. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but I'll get in about two seconds. I think the biggest matchup that I saw was definitely Nebraska versus Oklahoma. Uh, we could talk a little second about Nebraska firing Scott Frost after a very disappointing tenure um, at the school. A guy who was supposed to, you know, be bringing the program back. Uh, you know, things were promised. Uh, they were not fulfilled. He and won like six games. Yeah, and in five uh, years there. You know, uh, had an uh, had an embarrassing loss to Northwestern, uh, like on the preseason week one, and um, lost to Georgia Southern last week. Another Sun Belt team. Yeah, I and mean, just horrible. And now has uh, Brent Venables and the number six ranked Oklahoma Sooners coming in to uh, um, to Lincoln uh, with a, a big 11 a.m. big noon whatever cook, kickoff type game on Fox. And um, I don't I don't see a lot of hope for Nebraska there. But um, then again, hey, Oklahoma knows? hasn't really played anybody yet. If we don't I was, know how good they are. If I was going to pick Nebraska in any game this year, it'd probably be this one. Yeah. It's a rivalry. And and you know how teams are after they get their coach fired. Sometimes that that breathes a new life into the into the kids. You know, especially when I mean they've been so bad and underachieved so much. Um, Nebraska ate a sixteen million dollar. Uh, buyout to frost if they waited until october 1st that would have cut in half so that's how bad they wanted to fire him that they didn't wait an extra two and a half weeks to fire him and save like seven million dollars i'm feeling pretty good if i'm scott frost yeah it's like cut cut a check for 16 got million that, go got home. That tom herman deal not too bad not too bad um that edo money yeah, uh, Edo has been living. I think oklahoma probably gets it done i'd love to see him get upset, I, I, I would like to see what the spread on that one is if you can pull that up. Because, I, I mean, I imagine it's probably 20 points at this point, over 20 points. I, I, I'd probably take Nebraska. Um, I know Oklahoma, they, like we said, they haven't played anybody. But Dylan Gabriel at quarterback still hasn't really 
done much from what I've seen to like the level that they expect at Oklahoma from the quarterback. Um, you got to pull it up, Corey. Uh, hey, I'll just say this 11. real quick. Eleven. Oh wow! Take That's Oklahoma. A, um, <laughs> uh, in two thousand and two, um, I I forget who was who, but it, uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska played a one v two overall game. Like you know, oh, Nebraska yeah, yeah. was one, Oklahoma was two. That was twenty years ago, and um, you know, that was still Big Twelve days. It was Big Twelve, it wasn't Big Eight, but. Uh, you know the programs have have gone separate ways uh, since since those the days of top two, top two matchups. Yeah. You know, uh, the Big Twelve's gone in different days. <laughs> well, well, that was uh, and we can talk about this really quick. That was one of the things that was lost. Nebraska Oklahoma was a huge rivalry back from the Big Eight days, uh-huh. where they would play every year, and then Oklahoma got put in the B- Big Twelve South to only play them every other year, and then Nebraska left. So you know that's why these uh, last year was the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, um, and you know this is the other part of that home away series. That's why it's even such a big deal they're playing because they never play anymore. Yeah. Um, well, do you you gotta you gotta think Nebraska really regrets even the Big Twelve. They lost. It was their, their recru- conference, and they lost their recruiting pipeline to Texas and Oklahoma. Now they have to recruit, and and back in the day, California too. They had a lot of players coming out of there. And they don't get any of those guys anymore. They're losing guys to schools like Iowa, Iowa State, all those Midwest schools. Yeah. You know that they used to just absolutely run through, and they, they, and they lose and they lose all the top flight recruits to Ohio State and Michigan, and even I mean not sometimes Wisconsin for O line defense line guys. I mean even back in those days, they were probably getting guys over even the likes of Alabama and Auburn. You oh, know, early two thousands, Alabama, Alabama was not good. No. Like, they, they, and in the 90s, they were getting guys over from California over U- USC. USC wasn't that good. They were getting guys in Texas because they were playing Texas schools every year. They were getting guys. Uh, they're still getting their Midwest, you know, corn-fed country boys that come in there and beat some ass. But that, that's just not happening anymore. Let's talk a bit about Notre Dame, guys. Um, Cal? Right. Well, yes, yes, they play Cal, but Mason Mangum. But m- more on the aspect of they just lost to a Sun Belt school as well in Marshall. Uh, Marcus Freeman, head coach for Notre Dame, is zero and three as the head coach. Took over last year in the bowl game uh, when Brian Kelly left for LSU. Lost that game. I don't hold that against him too much, but to come out lose to Ohio State, you kind of expected that. Then to lose to Marshall at home, man. Um, you know, I think a lot of head coaches. Uh, it's a learned, you know, it's a learning process. So when you hire some of these young guys who haven't kind of been through the rigor of the different adversities and challenges that come with being a head coach, you know, you're going to have to take those lumps. And when you're a big program like a Notre Dame, you kind of want the guys who've already taken the lumps. Yeah. So um, I'm well, not really sure if he'll last too long over there in uh Well, he's going to learn how to manage a team, an f- entire team, manage his coaches instead of just worrying about it, his defense. You know, it's it, it's – basically tripling the workload head coach is much more of an encompassing task you, you're deciding which buses we're going to take which yeah. our travel Brian, plans the hotel whereas the defensive coordinator you're just saying what blitzes are we going to well, run well, Brian, it's more schematics brian kelly was more of a general manager too you know he wasn't really a player coach like like marcus freeman is brian kelly was more hey i'm going to get these recruits in i'm going to put them in the right place and then i'm going to have my guys coach them up and then i'm going to you know call plays or whatever he did for notre dame but hey, it's not working out too well for him and L- uh, LSU either. Yeah, um, another big game. Um, unless you got one. Uh, well, no, I was 
well, I mean, the biggest game of the weekend, I guess, is this Miami Texas A and M game. That's where I was going. Let's let's dive into that a little bit. A and M, a crushing. They were at number six coming into the year. Uh, I believe they only lost to Alabama last year. They lost two games. Okay, I think. Um, well, they had a really good year, and they've had a couple really good years. Uh, no, they beat Alabama last year. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. They beat Alabama, but I think maybe lost one other they game. They lost to LSU, I think. Something. Was, yeah. They just had a they had a really good season. High hopes coming into the year. Jimbo Fisher uh, and the squad uh, losing to Appalachian State or Appalachian State. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to say it, but they're playing Miami this week at home after a crushing loss at home, 17-14 to App State. Uh, you know what? What's y'all's prediction for the fights? Give me Miami plus six all day, man. I don't know about How you guys. How has Miami looked? I haven't really watched them. Um, they've, they've looked all right, but a and Is uh, ball been got the ball rolling down there? A, yeah. A&M's looked worse, in my opinion. And well, A&M, Haynes hey, King is terrible. Worse. He's terrible. They, the, he's not, he's not they, a good do quarterback. Do they really not have anyone behind him? He looks like a worse version of Case McCoy to me. Like Case McCoy on his worst day. That's not Haynes what you King. want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Miami's played uh, Bethune. Bethune Cookham. And they beat the shit out of them, hung That's seventy, and D2, yeah. and then they played Southern Miss, uh, one thirty to seven. So you know, no, I have no idea how good Southern Miss is. They're occasionally a decent football game. I think they've been down the past few years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably stay away from this one till till halftime. And if you want to live bet it, I, I would. Yeah, it's possible that A and M comes out there and just doesn't have the energy and the. But that's also it's at possible. Miami, right? Yeah. No, yes. it's a, I believe it's at an A and M. Um, CBS, you're supposed to put the home team on the bottom. I don't know what they're doing here. Yes, it's at A&M. Damn. It's in Kyle Field. So, yeah, um, maybe that place is rocking and they get the juju back. Uh, it's it's a pretty big game for Jimbo. They, they need to win this game. Uh, a lot of recruits have been kind of tweeting out things like dissing A&M. A lot of the five-star star guys who are freshmen there have been liking tweets. It's been getting leaked about how um, – about how like oh A and M, you know, hasn't been doing too well. The culture might be a bit off, so that's something to keep in mind there. Big game for the Aggies uh, and Jimbo Fisher with the Hurricanes coming to town. Well, uh, any other games before we close out the segment and get to NFL talk? Uh, real quick, I think if BYU can beat Oregon, get another ranked win on their matchup. They're at twelve, Oregon's at twenty-five. Uh, you know, BYU. Uh, they can start slipping up them poles, you know. I don't they see do every year now, man. Yeah, I don't see a lot of, you know, they're gonna they got a game against Notre Dame later, but it doesn't seem like that's gonna be too hard if Notre Dame keeps playing oh, the way if, they are. If BYU can win out, they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, so just uh, keep an eye out for that game. Uh, it's probably, you know, I think it's one of the last big tests for them. Uh, they beat Baylor last week. Um, they they could be something to do, uh, somebody to reckon with. All right, cool. We'll be right back with some Gridiron Gossip Talk. All right, welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. We're talking a little NFL. We had week one last week. We got week two this week. Let's start it off with the with the Cowboys, Corey. We lost Dak Prescott. It looks like our offense is terrible, even with him. Uh, missing some offensive linemen, missing some uh, receivers, and Michael Gallup and James Washington. Uh, Mike Parsons looked good. 
But what's your what's your initial reaction from from watching this game against the Buccaneers on Sunday night? My initial reaction is just simple math, man. One plus one equals two. As bad as you want it to equal three, it equals two. And when you get worse objectively from a skill position perspective, that's going to mean you're going to be worse, like period. And I just think weapons these days are just so important in the NFL. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. I know you hear Steven come out, and they're going to do their best to make Prescott and McCarthy the scapegoats for this season. Make no mistake, that's coming. And um, they're going to say, oh, when you pay a a $40 million quarterback, he's got to make these guys better. He's got to figure out a way to move the ball. And I understand he didn't play well anyway. Um, But look at Aaron Rodgers, right? One of the greatest QBs of this generation. Hat, you know, doesn't lost his best receiver, Devontae Adams. Their offense was terrible. And they lost, yeah. Well, they, they also lost. they also looked terrible week one last year, so I'm not I'm not as concerned about Green Bay losing to uh, uh, Minnesota with a I lot mean, of weapons. That Minnesota yeah, team. Minnesota looked good. Minnesota is pretty good. Um, just it's just the way that this whole off season was just odd to me. I mean, they they traded Amari Cooper for you know pennies, which I get I get the whole salary cap implications, all that. They didn't like his personality. And then for them to just cut Lyle Collins, um, the O-line. Kind of the same deal, though. Kind of the same deal. He didn't want to take a pay cut. And he looked terrible in Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, he does have a a back thing that I think they were like, seeing is never going to get better. And he's also never been a a pass protector. He's always been a a masher, run-blocking guy. Yeah, and I'm not even too worried about that because I actually kind of like Terrence Steele. I do. Um, he's He's been a steal so far. And I think the Dallas defense is going to be good. Uh, yeah, that was a good that was a good joke, bro. Sorry, to yeah, laugh. no, no, no left. penalties though. Yeah, uh, and also, did you see Connor Williams was the highest graded li- offensive lineman by PFF in Week One? He's played center now, but still, I didn't I didn't notice that. Uh, the Tyler Smith guy, I thought did he looked all right. good. He looked good. The Steel guy had like one drive where he had like two false starts and a holding penalty, but outside of that, I didn't you know. I mean, I'm not. I'm really the only offensive lineman that I was paying paying attention to at all. Really, was Terrence, or not Terrence Steele, but uh, Tyler Smith. And I think you see like the power, the athleticism. Uh, you know, he he didn't even practice at left tackle all camp, right? Um, so I thought he played well, but just overall, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, you think Jason Peters gets the sorry to interrupt you, but you think Jason Peters gets gets the start over I, him once he's ready to go? I do. I do think so, just because of the left guard issue. Um, if we were better at left guard, I think they would, you know, just go ahead and because Tyler Smith is the future left tackle, they'd go ahead and put him there, take their lumps, and let him grow. But I think they're not going to give up on the season and the left guard. Well, McGovern, McGovern got hurt, right? Exactly. They put Farniak in, who's really a center. Um, doesn't have the size or the power that Tyler Smith does. So I do think Peters will come in. But all in all, man, if Dak was still healthy, uh, I'd have a better outlook. But losing your starting quarterback, I mean, I think a Jim. Not Jim Mercy, that's the owner of the Colts, but whoever was the GM of the Colts, maybe Bill Polian back in the day. Yeah. Someone asked him one time at a press conference, they said, Y'all you aren't looking too good at backup quarterback, uh, which I was playing there. And he said, If eighteen goes down, we're fucked. Yeah. And that's pretty much <laughs> it, that's pretty much how the NFL goes. You know, you lose your starting quarterback, well, it's I, tough. I think the Cowboys might have been screwed from the get go this year after watching that performance. Yeah, just not enough weapons. I think the Jones just really they were too too arrogant and liking their guys. Like, oh, we have Dennis Houston, like he's he making looks, plays in camp. He did look good, though. Right, but just to go in without uh, any veteran presence on the wide receiver core, put it all on C.D. Lamb, who hasn't shown the ability to just dominate yet. As much as we want him to, as much as I like him, he hasn't done that yet. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I just think you look at a team like Tampa Bay, right? I know we, we kind of disagree on this tie about the whole Julio Jones thing. I just think that's a signing that good veteran teams make. Like, it's not a long-term investment. It's a one-year deal. He comes in. He adds value to your team. He helps you in the receiver department. I just think that's a type of signing that I would like to see him make. But all in all, um, wasn't good. One of the hardest games that I've watched as a Cowboys fan in a bit, for sure. Hey, I just want to say, so, you know, y'all are the Cowboys fans, and, you know, we've been going, doing this podcast pretty much hitting every single week. We're talking about the Cowboys. Y'all usually know more than me. I'm no, I'm no Cowboys insider, but I do usually watch all their games because they're televised. Uh, I wasn't as uh, disappointed. I know the Cowboys were the only team that didn't get in the end zone in week one, um, but they basically played a Tampa Bay team that, you know, let's, let's, let's be real here, has an excellent defense. Um, you know, just a crushing linebacker core. Um, you know, uh, they they you know played them to a nineteen to three ball game where they held an offense that had Tom Brady, Julio Jones, Mike Evans. I know uh, Godwin got hurt, but Leonard Fournette. Uh, you know, held all those guys to one touchdown. You know, they got in the red zone, they forced them to kick field goals. I thought that was really promising. I thought even though that you know maybe Amari Cooper was gone, I thought that Brown. I thought that Houston. Uh, stepped up, um, you know, catching the ball. I thought I, I liked what I saw from them. C.D. Lamb, I don't think, gotten involved enough. But uh, Dalton Schultz looked great. Um, I thought Ezekiel Elliott tight- looked really spry. The other tight end, too. Number 87. Well, Hendershot and Ferguson, the both rookies, got yeah. significant playing time. I thought I saw a lot of good things from the team. I know that, obviously, Dak Prescott got hurt, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin on that game, and it was really tough. But, uh, you know, there were some, th- some positives to take away. Uh, Micah Parsons looked great. He doesn't look he's gonna, he got he got to Tom Brady. The team got to Tom Brady and forced him to have a rough game. If there isn't that amazing one handed catch in the end zone by Mike Evans, then they don't score a touchdown. And I think that's a lot. This Tampa Bay team, two years removed from a Super Bowl, uh, lost uh, an incredible game to the Super Bowl champion last year. You know, if they don't you know, have that crazy game against the Rams. They might have they might have repeated last year. This might be the best team in the NFL that they just played. And I think they played them tough. And uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, obviously they didn't Thank look great. You, Shay. I'm no, like, Dallas homer or anything. Thank you. He's I firing just, me up yeah. right here. I'm back. There are things to take away positively, and that was week one. Like, you've got 17 more, in a, you know, weeks in the NFL season. There are quarterbacks out there to bring in that are probably better than Cooper Rush that can maybe bridge the gap. We don't know how long Dak Prescott's going to be missing. And, yeah, let's see what these receivers can do. And I think – the biggest mistake was just not running Ezekiel Elliott more than I think eleven times. I think he averaged, you know, four or five yards a carry. Uh, he looked good. He looked good. I he said, you know, th- he might really have had an injury last year that was holding him back. You know, I think uh, they can adjust things and make this offense work around Cooper Rush or bring somebody in who can, like I said, bridge the gap. Um, shit, call Philip Rivers. I don't That's know. That's what I said. Uh, Jimmy G or something? Nah. Just nah. do something. Uh, uh, maybe trade for Brett Hudley. I don't know if the Ravens are willing to give him up. I think there are some good quarterbacks out there. Uh, I Tyler Huntley, but oh, sorry, it's yeah, Brett Huntley's that uh, old UCLA guy. That, other yeah, guy. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so I wasn't as disappointed. I know it was prime time and they didn't show out, but I I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Um, and I think that. I don't think the doors close on the playoffs. I don't think Dallas – I never thought they were going to be the best team in the NFC this year. But 
I don't think uh, I don't think it's a tear it down and rebuild situation. Well, uh, speaking of, I, kn- I know you watched that game. You uh, how would how did Friday uh, Friday or f- football karaoke go? It went well. It went well. Uh, there was a bit of a learning curve with, um, you know, the filming aspect. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, I think... Uh, Bill's looking good. Yeah, Bill's looking good. We, uh, you know, I was able to clean things up uh, in the room and the little studio I got yeah, there. Yeah, no, it looks good. Uh, set everything up. Uh, I, th- I thought, you know, it looked good. I'd love to... Uh, I think we should all do it next week and yeah. uh, have a bit more production. Can have some call-ins. Yeah, I can you know do it with a better setup here. But um, you know, I I thought it was a good week one. Uh, we had some some decent viewership. Had some some people in for the long haul. I think about five hundred people total tuned in. Yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty proud with all that. Um, if you're if you're on in your car or not don't have access to the game on Sunday nights, we 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 will have a small screen with that with a live feed of the game on there. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll have it all for you. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, I'm just not as as bummed out about the Cowboys. I'm going to have to watch them every week because uh, they'll be on. And uh, I think I'm happy about that. Well, I don't miss, I don't like the Cowboys. <laughs> I know. So, I know. you know, it's just a, you it's don't just even a have team a team. I, you don't have a team. It's You're just a team. It's just a team. I uh, it's always on, I I guess I'd, I they're usually playing a little more competitively than the Texans are, which are also always on TV. So, yeah, that's, that's true. That's what it comes right down to. So, uh Green Bay, we talked about a little about a little about them earlier. Uh, their offense looked terrible. They got stomped by the Vikings. Uh, what else happened? Kansas City, hey, doesn't look like they're gonna miss a beat this season. Patrick Mahomes had five touchdowns. They crushed the Cardinals. I think they won by what thirty points? Forty-four. Uh, yeah, like uh, 44. 21. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what else? The Chargers beat the Raiders. That that, that was a good game. Yeah, it, it was a little bit close. It was a little bit. I don't think the score indicates uh, how much the Chargers dominated that game. Though. I think uh, the Raiders have been a bit overrated coming into this season personally. And I I still have them winning the AFC West. I have them in the Super Bowl, uh, but they, they're going to have to mesh. And yeah, you're going to need some work to be done there. Hey, <laughs> hey I, I'm just saying, man. Hey, Pittsburgh came out and beat defending AFC champion hey, Mitch, Cincinnati Bengals. Mitch Trubisky. Pick six, pick six them on the first fucking play and beat them in overtime. That was uh, a crazy fucking game. There was like five missed field goals. How about Minka Fitzpatrick not only getting that pick six but blocking the game winning extra point after? Let's, I mean, we could talk about Jamar Chase, who, in my opinion, very soon is going to be widely considered the best receiver in the NFL. That guy, card today. that guy is a freak show, man. But yeah, that was a great game too. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, the Saints game too against the Falcons. They came back. They were down what eighteen, and they're sixteen in the fourth. They, they won uh, on like a sixty-three yard field goal, uh-huh. Will Lutz style, who missed they, all of last year. Jameis looked really good in the second half after a, uh, a slow start in that one. Uh, and then Monday night we had the Broncos and Seahawks, and Russell Wilson's return to Seattle and. Man, I could have told y'all. I wish I would have bet on that game for the Seahawks to win with with that kind of environment. They were booing Russell Wilson, chanting Geno Smith. How about Geno? He looked good. He looked really good. DK Metcalf looked uh, looked good. Uh, Didn't look like he was missing Russell Wilson very much, and the Seahawks pulled that one out. Yeah, would y'all kick that field goal there, or would y'all have gone for it on fourth? You have to go for it. You have a timeout. Um, he, he you missed, just he you, missed it by like uh, two inches. I just think you have you have to go for it. Um, settling for a you know record. I guess that's not the record anymore because Tucker yeah. set a new record last year. But you're paying your quarterback like fifty million or whatever. Go get the damn first down. Um, even the the head coach came out and said, 
uh, after the game they wish they would have gone for it. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know. Yeah. Um. So that was, that was a lot of great games week one in both. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch as much college football because I went to the Texas Alabama game. Um. But NFL, man, it it was a great day to sit on your couch hungover and enjoy some enjoy some professional football. Uh. But looking forward to week two. What what are some matchups that are um, standing out to y'all? Uh, see if Tampa Bay can finally get over the hump and beat uh, New Orleans in the regular season. Yeah, that'll be big. Uh, New Orleans always plays them well, and that game is in New Orleans. Um, you know, I'm seeing New England at t- at Pittsburgh. We're gonna learn a lot. See how good this New England team is that they're losing to Miami. Uh, Pittsburgh got their resilient win. See the what gi- they can do. Giants, at, uh, Carolina, and the Giants playing. Uh, that 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 would be a sneaky good game. I think the Giants pulled out that dub last week. Um, but I mean, fat fat Randy lost that for the Titans. I don't know why he's still their kicker. But Baker, heartbreaking loss against his former team. I think I think I'd pick the Panthers in that one. Um, other games: uh, Chicago Green Bay, uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, well, I guess we'll we'll probably do something for that game, or yeah, you know, try to yeah uh, bring that one to y'all. Uh, Chicago beat the 49ers last week. Uh, Green Bay looked pretty bad. I think that's a wide-open game. I think Green Bay will win only because they've dominated the Bears um, for quite a while now, and Green Bay owns them. Uh, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers owns them. Um, but, yeah, uh, we've got a double Monday-nighter, Buffalo versus Tennessee. Um, that was a big playoff matchup last year. Tennessee knocking off – or, I'm sorry, Buffalo – no, no, no. Sorry, the Bengals knocked off Tennessee in the playoffs last year. That That's just a big matchup between two good teams from the AFC last year. Tennessee season. did beat Buffalo last year, though, in a, maybe an overtime game, but it was like a – it was a huge, like, 35 to 33 yeah, kind of game. that was a good game. Uh, and then the Vikings and Eagles, uh, that's going to be a high-scoring game. I like that game. Uh, the Eagles, they scored a lot of points, but also it's like how good is the Lions' defense? I'm not really sure. They almost sure. lost that game, too. Yeah, they almost got came back on uh, the Vikings. I really like this year, man. Uh, I, I believe I picked them to win the North in our episode. I can't remember, but I do know I like them to win the North. Uh, just their weapons are outstanding. New head Justin coach. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL right now. He went crazy last week, so. Big game, led all receivers in receiving yards. Y'all want to guess what the uh, cheapest ticket in the NFL is this week? Sure. Uh, let me look at the schedule again. Commanders, Lions. Colts, Jaguars. Bengals, Cowboys. <laughs> God, you said it earlier. God, I... Standing room only, $23. Now I oh, Well, to be yeah, fair, yeah. not everyone has a standing How room only. How much is a seat there, though? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying you can go into the fucking game. Have you ever seen those people that do that shit? I've I went to the Big Twelve Championship like that. Okay, well, like Cowboys games, they sit like outside until they let you in. People sprint in to get like on the railing. Yeah, it's, it's and then what you do is you wait for till about the first quarter and find which season ticket holders didn't show up, and you kind of mosey your way down there and find a seat or something. Not a bad plan. I'm just saying. I know it's a hundred thousand seat stadium, but uh, you know that's the cheapest game to go to with the defending AFC champions. It's Champions. not a bad. It's not a bad thing, especially if you hit up Texan Live, the bar right outside before and after. You know, get yourself a nice pregame in. Usually, you aren't making it into that Cowboy Stadium for under a hundred dollars. As what I've noticed when I've tried to go, I've been to, I've seen the Rams play there, and you know I've looked at other tickets, but yeah, usually about a hundred bucks is is what I'm seeing. But uh, I guess they're not too high on this Bengals team coming in after the Dak Prescott injury. But we'll see. Uh, well, any y'all got anything else before we get out of here? 
Uh, nah. Houston Texans looked a lot better than uh, people expected them to be. They hey. played the Colts to a 2020 tie. They played the Denver Broncos this week. I have them making the playoffs this season. So look out for that. I also had the money line last week. So that was tough. Are they winning the South or are yeah. they? Uh, they're winning the South? Yeah, yeah, they're winning the South. I mean, Colts did not look good. They didn't. And Tennessee, you know, they didn't really look that good either. They so. didn't either. But uh, for Ty Henderson. Corey Gidry, Shea Holt. This is the Lone Star Lowdown. Hey, Ross, Peace. I'm afraid of being average. And I'm battling it every day. I'm stuck in a loop. Round and round we go. Everybody say, You really paying to get zoos? I scream for more. She won't get us school. I adore the old I prefer Italian suits. Shoes, daddy girls Talk too smooth, really not in the mood. Just say it's all. Just say it's all.